0: Welcome to Episode 2 of Unwavering Pursuit, the podcast. I'm your host, London Reeves. And in this episode, we talk with our first featured guest, Mr. James C. the II. In addition to being a communications director in Washington, D.C., James is also a filmmaker and is currently producing a documentary titled Can I Ask You a Question, spelled A-S-K-E-W. Can I Ask You a Question brings attention to the trauma of childhood abandonment from the lens of black men. We discuss a range of topics in this episode, from the importance of self-awareness and why we should talk to ourselves, to what makes life easier, and how to let go of control. Thank you for joining and subscribing to Unwavering Pursuit, the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet, What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe now. Let's get started. We're all in pursuit of something. Our dreams, careers, even love, or just overall happiness. Along our individual journeys, it's vital for us to connect with other everyday relatable people so that we can be inspired and even challenged to stay the course and remain unwavering. In our pursuits. Oh, well, James, thank you so much for joining uh, on Wavering Pursuit. Um and being my first actual guest, thank you so much. And I guess we're we'll... absolutely so, James. I met you back in 2017. You know, I had just got a year up under my belt, pretty much. Um, living in Atlanta, met you and had a great conversation. And I just thought it was absolutely necessary that we connect and you tell some of your story on unwavering pursuit. So go ahead and tell the the listeners, the audience, a little bit of who you are.
1: Oh man, so my name is James C Dorados. I am from Cartersville, Georgia. I went to Howard University, H-U, you know. (laughs) Um, And so I have been living in the Washington, D.C. area since I graduated way back when. I ain't going to tell you the year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Secrets. um, So I lived in Atlanta for a little while. That's how I met London. And I thought he was absolutely amazing. But um, then uh, I moved back to Maryland uh, in, at the top of 2018. I am currently an associate director for communications at a public policy nonprofit think tank called Prosperity Now in Washington, DC. I'm also a uh, a filmmaker. I'm working on my first documentary. It's called Can I Ask You a Question? And it is focusing on uh, how adoption, foster care, and child abandonment um, affects black men. And I'm hoping to have that done for the world to see very soon
0: so let's talk about um can i ask you a question give a little bit more um or i guess a little bit more to your background you were also um adopted correct
1: yes i was adopted um at three days old i was adopted into a wonderful family i mean uh, a normal family who has their problems like every other family but they you know my family has always been you know loving they have I've always been taken care of I've never wanted or needed for anything you know it was just a it was a good environment I had a good childhood when I got to be an adult that's when I started seeing like I start I start recognizing cuz I'm I I I pride myself on being you know very self aware and so mm-hmm. I started recognizing you know trends in my relationships whether they be platonic or romantic I started noticing trends and how um, I deal with people, and how I deal with my relationships, and how I may have abandonment issues. And once I started to, you know, I guess further explore that, I, I saw that there were a lot of things, there, were, there was a lot of mental trauma, if you will, mm-hmm. that I was experiencing and I didn't even realize it for a long time until it pretty much all came to a head at, at one point. I was experiencing a lot of this stuff and I realized that it was all really connected to the fact that I have no clue who my biological family is um, and how um, just that one alone, despite having a good childhood upbringing, how that one piece alone just causes a multitude of questions and a multitude of feelings and emotions that, you know, come up at the most random times. And once I started doing that work and, 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 and asking myself all these new questions that I had never forced myself to answer... Um, It made me realize how, you know, this project would, this this, this, Can I Ask You a Question documentary, which is is what it has evolved into
2: Mm -hmm. now.
1: Um, it, It started as just, you know, a documentary about me and my life story but what it has evolved to now um, is a documentary focusing on the trauma associated with childhood abandonment mm-hmm. um, with a focus on black men focus on black men because there is just a lot that the black man in America has that it's, it's, a, it's a lot that the black man in America is forced to deal with on a day to day basis and I feel like black men are really forced to just swallow a Lot of the trauma that they have to work through, whether it be, you know, abandonment issues, emotional issues, mm-hmm. um, the fact that you know uh, the professional world for them is very unique in that they are often seen, you know, certain ways. I won't go into that right now. <laughs> That'll be a all day. Uh, but uh, we just have a very unique experience. And, I, and I'm not trying to take away from the struggle that black women have to experience or, mm-hmm. you know, any other people of color have to experience. But I think the black man has a very unique experience just being in this world. When we look at, like, the juvenile system, it's even more of, it's even more things to unpack there. Uh, you know, when we look at how, you know, it's the last of us in prison, that come from like a bad juvenile uh situation, they go to prison and they're there and there's not enough of us in the world and blah 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 blah. Um mm-hmm. so I'm doing my part to kinda unpack all of the things that, you know, black men have to face and I'm choosing to talk about the one part that I know a lot about, which is childhood abandonment and mm-hmm. how we um, can deal with that trauma and really learn to have a better relationship, not only with other people, but with ourselves. We don't, we we i think a lot of us kind of gloss over the fact that it's um incumbent upon us all to have good relationships with ourselves yes because that's what governs the relationships we have with other people
0: absolutely. and i
1: think i did it a very long explanation but hopefully everybody
0: follows yes we will make sure that they follow and check out the documentary can i ask you a question for absolutely sure um but something i, I mean you you again you are full of gems and having me think of more questions while you're talking Um, But even when it does come down to that, the trauma and the emotions and just being self-aware, you know, I recall a a post went around probably like a year or so ago referring to, you know, as a black man growing up, you're taught, you know, not to cry. But then when you're an adult, you know, your your romantic partners want you to show your emotions. And then, you know, you you can't play with the the, the, the kitchen set as a kid because that's what girls do. But then, when you're again, when you're older, your partner wants you to be able to cook. So it's just, you know, it's the it's the constant like back and forth of like, well, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Because I was taught this as a child, or this took place as a child, and now as an adult, I'm supposed to behave in a different way. And um, I think that self awareness piece is super important because unless you do know who you are, you really can't truly and fully engage and understand even somebody else. Right. So let me ask you. So who? You told you t- you told the audience and share it with us like who who you are and what you're working on. Um, but let's let's throw this out there and let's future cast a little bit. Tell tell us who you will be. Oh my, who I will be.
1: <laughs> I'm going to try to speak from a very confident place and say I will be a person that is credited for helping people mm. in whatever way that is. I say that because I realized, well, let me say it this way. I, I'm saying that because when I graduated from Howard, I just knew that I was going to become, well, first of all, I thought I was going to, you know, become a, a famous musician. Because in high school and even in college, I was, you know, recording music and, you know, and I, I minored in jazz voice my my. My major was always broadcast journalism, but I minored in jazz voice. I was trying to be safe, but I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be a musician. Um, So that's what I thought I was going to do. Well, you can sing.
0: I have to add that in. You definitely can sing. I I would be remiss if I didn't share that, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. So, and, and, and that's still going to be in the mix of things, just on the side note. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought I was going to do that. But then when I, um once I, you know, got into my major at Howard and graduated, I just knew I was going to become like, you know, this, you know, really cool pro- television producer or an on-air anchor on some news station or something like that. And I realized right before I graduated that I didn't necessarily want to be a reporter or an anchor anymore. I wanted to do, um, you know, the stuff behind the scenes like producing and even being like, a, um, you know, uh, PR manager or whoever pretty, mm-hmm. and, and that's pretty much what I am doing now. I am in the back, I am in the background as a comms and PR director helping organizations, Thrive, but I did. I never saw myself doing that in the nonprofit sector, which is which is where I am now. Because and, and, and I was trying to get into like these entertainment positions and television positions, you know. And for some, for whatever reason, like God saw fit to like push me into the nonprofit arena. That's where I got my start in my in my career,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it and that's where I've been ever since. Like all, I think most of my Career experience has been um, doing PR, comms, and marketing at you know national nonprofit um, agencies, and then I had my own uh, business for um, a few years. It was called Prolific Creative Services, named after my grand- my late grandmother. Um, her middle name was Pearl, but yeah. So, and, and with my with my business, I was you know helping people because it was I was targeting small businesses who needed you know, a jumpstart, who had no like PR comms and marketing experience. That is why I say I want to be known as someone who helps people, because that's really what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I've been using my talent and my skill, but I've also been using that talent and skill to you know, help others with it being, with it having been in the nonprofit arena, I've been using my skill to help push causes. And I've been using my skill to bring awareness to black businesses. And I've been using my skill to um, put out messages of like, like with the documentary. So I want to, I will be someone who is known for helping people and hopefully awakening people because a lot of us are just moving throughout this matrix and we're just we're just going because we know this is something that we're that we i guess have to do um but that slow process of waking up and realizing that there is there's there are other things to uncover in this experience about ourselves, other people, and the environment that we're in, and there is magic to be had and to be used and accessed mm-hmm. and all of that.
0: But let's pivot, we're gonna pivot a little bit. Um, so even with you, so with you being of service to others and you know awakening people and giving them a, a different insight, um, how do you take care of yourself? Like, what's what's something that's part of your self care routine?
1: Um. Well, first, I'd like to add that it's hard. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about when you talk about self care and when you talk about you know anything having to do with cultivating your higher self and um nurturing your mental, I just want to say that it is very tough mm-hmm. and it is work all the time. that's why they call it doing self work
2: mm-hmm. and all of that
1: It's hard, however. When you are intentional about it, it does get easier, and it does become habit and way of life. And so, to answer your question, what I do, um, it's just it depends on what day it is, because every day is different. Yes. Some days are better than others, but I try to make sure every day that I'm talking to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And some
1: people, I'm sure, are like. What the hell do you mean? I don't want to talk to myself. That sounds crazy. When I say talk to yourself, I mean ask yourself questions that need to be answered. Like, why do I feel the way that I do today? What is causing me to have the thoughts that I have about this particular thing? And let me 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 actually give a situation so that that doesn't sound so arbitrary. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, on Mondays, the beginning of the week, the beginning of the work week for most of us, When we get up in the morning, a lot of us, you know, dread Monday morning. Or a lot of us just don't like our jobs. And so in those kinds of moments, you have to ask yourself, well, why do I have this feeling of dread? Where does that come from? What am I telling myself Mm. about my situation that makes me believe that I'm going to have a horrible time today? Right. You know, it's checking those thoughts and seeing where they come from because a lot of times what you'll arrive at is that, okay, well then I need to make this change so that I don't feel this way. Or it can be as simple as I just need to stop telling myself what I'm telling myself about this situation and that alone can improve it because the situation is only that bad because you're you're feeding yourself negativity. So what I try to do every day is check myself on the negative thoughts. Check myself on on, you know, like hurtful stuff that I can be telling telling myself. I saw a video recently
2: mm-hmm.
1: from um I can't her, I think her name is Anju I can't remember her Twitter name I guess I can mm-hmm. provide it to you if you would like I know who um, you're talking about put it in the comments <laughs> or something but yeah but she one of the things that she said that like is that stuck with me is that if you don't know who you are you can become a weapon against yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she went a little further into what that meant for her. But I think in this moment between you and I and your listeners, I think that means that if you don't know, if you aren't self-aware and if you don't know who you are and what you want out of life and you don't, you can't recognize that you want joy and, you know, and all of this, if you don't know that stuff and you don't control that, you really can be a weapon against yourself because you can be feeding your, you can be doing the feeding, you can be doing the, uh, you can be feeding yourself negativity every day if you aren't checking yourself on what 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 you're looking at what you're listening to who you're around and all of that so I do that other thing that I do is I try to eat as best as I can okay I try to I try to put in my body you know stuff that is not going to weigh me down and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm saying that not to, I'm not claiming to be a vegan right now. I'm not claiming to be a, a, a Sabian, which is someone who only eats alkaline foods prescribed mm-hmm. by Doctor Sabi. Um, but those two things, like plant-based eating and alkaline eating, is you know I'm trying to get to where I'm doing one of those like constantly i'm trying to get to where i'm a 24/7 plant based eater
2: okay.
1: um, and one day maybe even you know a 24/7 alkaline plant based eater um okay. haven't made it there quite yet but i that's that's what i try to eat every day like just plant based foods alkaline foods because what we eat is an important part of how we feel physically and mentally. A lot of people don't take into consideration that what we consume has an effect on how we feel in our minds and in our heart. Like that kind of stuff will weigh you down and it'll cause brain fog and Mm -hmm. and you'll just, you pretty much become a walking zombie because you're eating all this bad stuff. Right. You're eating, you're eating, you know, for, I mean, I'm just gonna call it what it is, you're eating carcasses. Yeah. You're eating dead bodies, you're eating dead things, um, you're eating hybrid foods, you're eating preservatives, you're eating just a lot of stuff that really should not go in our body, dairy, and you're not operating at optimum level. Mm-hmm. Um and so I you know, controlling what I eat is another way that I control my mental health. And that I, I love you that. know, Do my self-care. I also make sure that I'm always checking who's around me. I I have really good friends, and you are an example of that. I just have a really good circle. I don't have like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of friends, but the friends that I do have, they are all just like overflowing with positivity because you need a village. Yes. If you don't have a village, you're going to self-destruct pretty quickly. Even if you, even, if, and I know some people might not agree with this, but I also believe that even though we have, you know, higher powers like God, um, uh, you know, Buddha or whoever you believe in or, you know, whatever, even if you believe yourself to be a God, if you don't have a village, those relationships kind of, I don't believe they'll save you by themselves. Um, Speaking as someone who who does have a relationship with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and someone who does have a relationship with the God in me, um, like it is, I just don't believe you can really survive that long without having a village Um, so, that's another way. And, um...
0: I just have to say that your self-care routine, for the listeners, y'all, I hope y'all are taking notes. (laughs) Because this is some real... This is, like, an authentic self-care routine that really does just start with, like, the individual, right?
1: But that's where it always starts, though. It always starts with the individual. Because I said earlier, like, how you treat yourself is gonna govern Mm -hmm. the way that you interact with other people always yeah if you treat yourself poorly then you're gonna attract people who treat you poorly too
0: right because it's, it's, don't it's all that energy consideration so tell me tell me what advice then you would give to your 21 year old self looking back oh, and with, with, with what you know now what advice was so, one piece of advice small or large
1: so those kind of questions are always tough because I so I when when people ask me those kind of questions, I always my my first response that I form in my brain is always, oh, well, I would tell him not to do this. <laughs> I would tell him, blah 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 blah. Right. But so I'm I'm trying not to do that because I know that everything that I've gone through, good or bad, has brought me to the place that I am now, which I I think is a really cool place,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and I don't know, I, I'm kind of frightened to know, like, where I, I don't know, I, I like where I am, and I like the people who I've picked up along my journey. Okay. So, I'm trying not to say that I would tell that 21-year-old to do something different, mm-hmm. but maybe I would tell him that he should embrace more of certain parts of his life. So, at 21, I think I was either graduating from undergrad or about to graduate from undergrad. Mm -hmm. And I had a social life. I had friends. Um, I don't think, I don't think, I I was just, I was working a lot. Um, I think I had like maybe a couple of jobs, maybe while trying, while, while being an undergrad and i think around that time i had you know i was getting into a serious relationship and putting a lot of energy into that and and maybe what i would tell my 21 year old self who was doing those things is to like take less put less energy into maybe cultivating a lifelong what i thought would be a lifelong relationship and take and put less energy into like maybe trying to work and and get my money up and stack paper, mm-hmm. and put it into like having fun mm. and experiencing life. Because I'm, I'm, I'll tell everybody how old I am because I don't look it. <laughs> right, I, I'm thirty, and and I listen to a lot of the stories that my friends have, and I don't have those stories. Mm. I don't have the crazy stories of crazy fun that I had, you know, in my early mid twenties. Right. Because guess what I was doing? I was working. Yeah um i was working very very hard cuz i didn't have i didn't I, I didn't have like um i didn't come from a family that has a lot of money
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so if i wasn't working um i i, I just wasn't going to make it so i was working um and i was also heavily invested in relationships mm-hmm. in my relationship at the time for, like, which turned into be, like, a, you know, almost six-year relationship. Like, I was I was putting my energy into things that were productive, mm-hmm. but I was also robbing myself of a life experience. Um, so I would tell him to just have more fun and experience more of life.
0: So it sounds like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily, like, tell your 21-year-old self to change something or, you know, really, like, don't do this type thing because you don't want it to alter your future, right? Or your present day. Right. So... If the average human lifespan was only 40 years, and right now he said mm. you're at 30, how would mm. you live your life differently?
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ten years left? First of all, first of all, I would quit this job. Uh,
0: okay? I would mm-hmm. not go back.
1: Anyway, but I would just... <laughs> No, like, I would definitely quit my job. I would definitely travel more. I've not done enough traveling in my life Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I have been working so hard all through my 20s. So I would travel. I would, um... I already love fearlessly, so I can't really say I would change anything about, like, the way that I interact with loved ones because I am... Love is my superpower, but it also can be my weakness. Mm. Um... I'm saying all this to say, like I w- I, I wouldn't change anything there because I already love people fearlessly. Okay. But um, I would so I would continue to do that. I would um oh man, ten years. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I probably would do some of everything.
0: So then uh, a follow up question, a little bit of a follow up question. What's a quick decision you once made that you feel like changed your life?
1: A quick decision. Um, <laughs> and you may have
0: many. You may have many. But what's a quick decision Um, you want? I don't know if
1: I have many, but I know I have some. So I'm trying to sift through the files in my brain. (laughs) Um, Maybe, I guess the only one that is coming to mind right now is the decision to go to grad school. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally, I graduated and I had no plans of going to grad school. Um, Even up until the day that I graduated from undergrad at Howard, I... Still was buying into the lie that was fed to us that, oh, all you have to do is go to college Mm. and do well, and you're going to get a really good job, and you're going to do so well in life, and it's going to be wonderful, (laughs) like that, that lie. So I had graduated, it had probably been a couple of weeks, and I did not have a job. I was living on the couch, well, I was living on an inflatable mattress in a friend's apartment,
2: Mm. You know,
1: trying to figure out, like, okay, James, are you about to take your ass back home to Georgia, or are you going to stay here, or, like, what are you about to do? Like, you really need to go home, because you ain't got no job. And it was in that moment that I was like, you know what, (laughs) you ain't got no job, so you might as well go back to school Mm. Um and it and it was at that point that I up until that point I had no interest no plan to go to grad school I had not been applying to grad school I had not been looking at grad schools and so I probably took a I don't know like I I doubt it was even thirty a thirty minute research session on my computer Mm. and I found Full Sail University Mm. child and um (laughs) (laughs) you know they had an. They had an online um master's program in new media journalism, and you know honestly, I was just like, "You know, well, hey, you know this is a way to buy yourself some time, so enroll so I enrolled in a grad program that was online so that I could continue to be able to have a full time job w- once I ever found one
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that was that that uh, that that was a very fast decision that I made, yeah. that changed the trajectory of my life because while so I'm gonna let y'all in on a little do I want to say this out loud well no I'm real so (laughs) so okay y'all Full Sail University okay um it was a quick decision that changed my trajectory because it allowed me to do things like become an adjunct professor
2: Mm -hmm. I've
1: I've been a teacher before on the collegiate level in Georgia at a community college the key that I was feeling about them is that they told me when I was getting a job they were like well So our governing bodies, only only two of the, what, three or four of our governing bodies acknowledge your degree from full sale. So I'm going to have to go above them to get approval to hire you. So that was when I was like, damn, James, that's, that's what you get for making that damn quick decision going to damn full sale. But it still has allowed me to do some great things. Just be careful on making quick decisions about school. That's,
0: Maybe that's what I want to say. Mm, Thank you. Well, thank you for opening up and giving us all of the the fullness and giving it some legs for us. So, (laughs) So tell us, James... When do you feel most like yourself?
1: On Saturdays, on Friday nights and Saturdays. Mm. where I don't have to worry about sitting in a boardroom or sitting in a meeting or coming up with plans on how to push someone else's dream. I feel most like myself when I am with people who allow me to be myself. Mm.
2: Um,
1: So, yeah, and that's usually on Friday nights. (laughs) <laughs> and Saturdays. <laughs> Maybe Sundays.
2: These you are know, few when are I'm my able favorite to hang things. out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And on vacations, like that's when I feel most like myself. I love to eat. Mm-hmm. I love to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to just be around my people. Like my like so I don't know I feel like I go back and forth with being an introvert and extrovert.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes I get my energy From my village sometimes I get my energy from being alone staying in on the weekends and just sleeping and watching TV and being a fatty and eating um, (laughs) by myself being around my village makes me feel most like myself okay they get me they understand me I can be my quirky weird nerdy Hood, because I'm all of those things at the same time. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hood, I'm a nerd, I'm ghetto, I'm geeky, I'm professional. I am just all of those things at the same time. And for a lot of people, they don't know what to do with that.
0: Right, James, you're a Leo <laughs> so my too, My village right?
1: always knows what to do with it.
0: You're a Leo so, as well, aren't you? I am. And I think that's what, part of what it is. I'm a Leo as well and grew up in a household full of Leos. And I think we're big on people not being able to box us in. I think that's what it is. Like almost like you know, we we can transition and adapt, and we're gonna be who we want to be. You know what I mean? When we yes, feel like yes, being.
1: I'm always gonna adapt
0: because
1: I'm. A... Do you know what your fear animal is?
0: You know I do not, but I feel like it's a lion. Like even though I'm a Leo, I feel like it's between like a lion and an elephant. I
1: think it's not
0: really. What,
1: when um, seriously i mean it may be but i feel mm. like i feel like it's probably not a lion um because spirit animals like my spirit animal is a chameleon
2: mm. and you know i'm a
1: leo too right but so yeah. my spirit animal is a chameleon and so when you said like not being boxing and and being able to ad- adapt and transition like yeah that's me all day like,
2: that's real there are
1: so many sides to me and it doesn't mean that i'm too faced or i'm fake or phony or anything like that but it really is like multiple dimensions to me so I want you to go find out what your spirit animal is so I was doing the test with my um with my uh with a couple of my friends in Georgia while I was home for like Christmas or Thanksgiving at first they were like well it was it was some like random animal because when you do the spirit animal test you have to um match up with all of the characteristics there can't be one characteristic on there that you don't agree with oh wow and so And so when they found one animal for me, um, they were like, oh, my gosh, I think it's this one. Because they were trying not to tell me which one it was until they found out one that had all of the characteristics. Mm -hmm. But they were like, "But before they did it, one of my friends was like, I think you're a frog. Or I think, excuse me, I think you're a bird or something like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what? Like, I don't want to (laughs) be no, like, I want to be no flimsy little frog. (laughs) No frog. But when you read the characteristics of these animals, it's like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that is me. And I never would have—I never in a million years would have pictured that I was a a chameleon, a lizard, right? A little crawl, a little a little creepy crawler. But when you read the characteristics of these animals, that's like, oh shoot, that's me all day. Okay, so I want to see what yours
0: is. I'm definitely excited to to do that now because I have to—I need to know these things. Like, it's so important. Can you think of a time when impossible became possible?
1: Everything. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, really. I think, so, London, I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking contradiction. Okay. Because a black male child that started out in the system, motherless, was adopted, but ended up being adopted into a good family, like, that was the first contradiction of what my trajectory should have been. Because most people are not fortunate enough to go into good adoptive home
0: yeah that's the truth that's
1: just the truth of it all so that was the first contradiction the second contradiction was the fact that you know i graduated high school which is not really something that a lot a a whole lot of us do like especially when you get into like the uh, inner cities and the big cities like baltimore and dc new york and stuff like that like the graduate at least i know in baltimore from having lived there for like six years the graduation rate in baltimore is this poor mm. um just in general but definitely when you get into like you know the african-american um population so i graduated high school and i also say that i was i think i was the only black male from my graduating class to actually graduate from undergrad and i know definitely i was the only black man to graduate from grad school in my class in my high school class. Wow. So another contradiction. Yeah. Two more contradictions. I'm a senior leader at a public policy nonprofit in Washington DC. Contradiction because there are not a lot of black men in the comms profession at all. So that's another contradiction and um you know contradiction that I am uh, a black man who is out here talking about his damn feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. with documentaries and stuff like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know I think
0: being vulnerable out here being vulnerable
1: yeah I think none of this stuff is supposed to be possible
0: what would you say is your greatest fear at this point in your life
1: I'm gonna be very open transparent and vulnerable right now and say my greatest fear is of dying right now
0: you wanna tell us why
1: because I don't know what it looks like Mm -hmm. like so I I talk I, I joke slash I am serious every day when I say that, you know, we're in this matrix, we're in this simulation, you know, this this called life, you know, I feel like we're, feel like we're just like, I feel like God is having an experiment with us all and he has us like, it's like pretty much like uh, an iteration of the Sims. I don't know, I just don't, because of that, because I believe this to be like this, this experience that we told God we would that we agreed with God that we would come down here and do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I still don't know. Like what what happens after this though? Like, do we wake up outside right. of the matrix? Are we okay? Like, is there or is it just black after that? Yeah. Do we
0: even you exist? Know? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you know. Like what what happens? Like, is it gonna hurt? Right. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, you know and and also be honest like is is as crazy as this experience is there's a lot of good in it like we have each other we have our friends we have our family so like mm-hmm. um and we're in our prime right now we're in we're in our early 30s like we the are living yes. life we are we are going out we are hanging out with our friends we traveling we you know we're doing all of these things and it's some of this is really fun, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine not being, you know, this vibrant, um, that has all of the activity of his limbs, and can do all these things. I can't imagine not being
0: dead. Right. The unknown. So it's, I, it's the unknown. Yes. Yeah, so
1: that's one of my fears. That's my greatest fear for right now. I hope I can get over
0: it. Okay. Well, that's. I think at some point we're all going to have to get over it, right? Because that's the one promise <laughs> from birth that we received. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that's so real. I think that, that that unknown factor of like you know when, where, how, and then even what's what's after, like what 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 will be next, you know. So James, what makes life easier?
1: What makes life easier is when we stop trying to be in control of so much.
0: Mm, come on with the word. Come on, give it to us. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm pr- I'm kind of preaching to myself because I've been I ha- I historically i am that controller i have to ha- I, if i don't have control over what's going on in my life uh, i oof, yeah, i i have to have control but over the last maybe like 2 3 years i've realized that that just kills you quickly like literally it kills you um from all the stress and all the worry it it makes you ugly it makes your hair fall out it makes mm-hmm. you physically sick at times and and it and it robs you of the chance to enjoy the, your experience it robs you of the chance to you know really live in the moment and love on people who love you and right. go out and just see see the world for what it is you know you're you're you're, you're sitting up and you're worried about all of, uh, a lot of stuff that we just can't control any damn way
0: absolutely whether
1: it be whether it be a relationship or, or anything yeah we can't control none of this stuff we only have a limited amount of control over All we can control is how we react.
0: Even with that, I had recently read, too, somewhere where um, it was basically talking about, like, luck and divine intervention. And if we go about trying to plan our life to the T and have, like you said, so much control over it, we leave no room for divine intervention or, or for luck to display, you know, itself. So... And that's where the magic happens, right?
1: That is where the magic happens because, damn, I'm so long-winded, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to say this real quick. And and I've shared this with you before, London, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to share it with your listeners real quick. In 2016, I made the decision to leave Baltimore and go back home to Georgia. And I didn't have a plan. I had no plan. I just knew I needed to go home and recharge. Didn't have a plan. And, and it was killing me because, like I said, I'm usually the kind of person that likes to have control over what's going on. And I did mm-hmm. not have any control because I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? As far as, like, jobs and shit like that is related. I didn't have no plan. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at first it was worrying me. It was bothering me. But I just said, you know what? I'm going to just do like I told you earlier. I'm going to focus on my physical health, my mental health. And I'm going to do that, and I'm going to just be open to whatever the universe has for me.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going
1: to just not worry about it. I'm going to try and enjoy the fact that I'm in a city where all of my family is again. Right. And where my best friend is, and I'm going to enjoy this. And I'm going to go hiking, and I'm going to get myself together, and I'm going to eat um, alkaline and just, like, kind of just really like re recalibrate myself Mm -hmm. while I have this time. And, and while I was doing that, I was putting all of my intentions out and I was calling them out. Like I want to be employed at a PR firm. I've always wanted to do that. Um, And so I really want to do that. So I'm putting that out in the air. I want to be able to do this and I want this this and this and this and this and this. And once I stopped worrying about everything and stopped trying to, find ways in which I'm going to control my situation, mm-hmm. um, instead of trusting that I put these things out and they're going to come back to me. Once I realized that I needed to stop doing that stuff started happening. I told my friend, I told one of my friends up here, I wanted to be, I want to, you know, work at a PR firm. I really think that's the place for me. Not even a few days later, probably. I feel like it. And I'm not even joking with you. I think it was like the next day or the other day. Cause I said that, and I meditated on it, and I put it out into the universe. I prayed to God about it, and I let it go. Next thing you know, I was getting hired as an account supervisor at a multicultural PR firm in downtown Atlanta. Voila! You know, yeah, no, yeah. for real. It's and it's like you know, when when we stop trying to control stuff, mm-hmm. that's when God is going to make that stuff happen for us in a way in which we didn't expect. Like we think we want these things, and that we and we think that the stuff that we want can only happen one
0: way, right?
1: and it can happen in so
0: many different ways that we just
1: allow it to happen in those ways.
0: We can't be focused on the how. We just need to know what it is that we want and and trust that we can can get it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so like with the relinquish of control also comes the adoption of confidence. We have to be confident in the fact that what we said we wanted and what we called out is going to come down to us. Yes like because we are we are energy we are big balls of energy and we are pure magic you know what i'm saying so we can call stuff we can call stuff out that we want and need all of what we need is in this earth and if we call it out it'll come to us at some point
0: it will i even say it's like um we make a command to the universe like this is what i want and like you say moving with confidence and boldness with it and knowing that i said what i said so i'm gonna have it (laughs)
1: <laughs> in your best mini voice yeah yes. like i said what i said and i know that this is coming to me so let me prepare for what i said i needed right because god is going to give it to me
0: and that's what it is the preparation like you have to do your part with the preparation um instead of trying to like you said manipulate and um be a puppet master for how it's going to happen you do your part in the preparation yes. and being ready for it when it does happen
1: yes exactly
0: Come on James, come on and give us his good word.
1: <laughs> no man, I ain't, you know, I ain't even trying to be uh no, you know, a preacher. I'm I'm literally just sharing like the stuff that I have been through. Like yes. these have been hard lessons. I'm trying to spare someone the the all the rigmarole that I went to,
0: mm-hmm. bring
1: through just to get to those lessons.
0: Tell us what you are. In pursuit of,
1: I am in the pursuit of happiness. I'm Will Smith. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, what am I in pursuit of? I'm in pursuit. I'm in pursuit of myself. Mm. I'm in pursuit of my of myself, my highest self, trying to get to who he is, so that I can be. This divine creature walking this earth until it's no longer here. I want to reach my highest potential of magic, and I want everybody else to do the same thing. I think that's when you. I think. I think the greatest accomplishment we can achieve in this experience is to become the highest versions of ourselves. I couldn't agree so more. That's what I'm in pursuit
0: of. I, I love that answer. I think that is a a, a most wonderful. Answer for the listeners out there, uh, y'all sit on that question too and ask yourselves, What are you in pursuit of? and really think about it. James has done an, a, a great job, and again, I thank you so much for joining us and being a part of the Unwavering Pursuit guest list. Um, you have given my, myself, but I'm sure also the listeners, a full, full notepad worth of gems for us to remember and to keep in mind. and. Stay, stay, in pursuit, James. We greatly appreciate you. I
1: greatly appreciate you. Right. Thanks for having me again.
0: All right, listeners. Well, until next time, this is London Reeves signing out. And again, James Dura, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you. I will see y'all on the interweb.
0: <laughs> oh, and you know what, too? I guess in the meantime, James, is there any, can you share with the share with us where your, the listeners can find you at?
1: Follow me on Instagram at jaycolumbusnow, J A Y Columbus Now. No spaces, no underscores. Jay Columbus now on Instagram. Um, yeah.
0: All right. And there you have it, listeners. Until next time, this is London Reeves again signing out with Unwavering Pacific.